0: good morning and welcome to redeeming love church I'm Bill Eckhart I am filling in for pastor John today and uh, when Stephanie had other Stephanie pack had other plans for this week um, dad and I sat down to discuss what we would do and I, I just volunteered I don't' uh, The opportunity to teach at church isn't one that, uh, that 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 I I take lightly, but at the same time, it's it's difficult to find inspiration about what to to teach about. You know, you spend time in prayer, you spend time in the Word, and really, what you do is you wait for God to tell you what 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 you think that that He wants you to speak about. But the only thing that that came up for me this week was what I needed. I think, to hear for myself. I know that God is faithful, and I want to say what He needs me to say, but I don't know what He needs me to say to you. I know what He needs me to, to hear. So hopefully, um, this, is, this is you know what God wants, wants me to say, and in the words um, of His heart, uh, from my mouth, and if nothing else, I'll, it's, it's been good for me to be able to apply it in my own life. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are, all, are over all His works. I wanted to talk today about compassion, um, about what compassion is and why we need to to have compassion for for others and have that in our lives. Uh, The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines compassion as sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. And basically, these dictionaries know all the big words, so they like to string all the big words together to make a definition. And what they're really saying is, it is the tangible expression of love for those who are suffering. Tangible means something that you can actually see, touch, experience with the senses, especially to feel. It's something that is substantially real. So compassion isn't just that feeling in your heart, oh, I feel so bad for the babies that are starving in Africa. Compassion is not only that feeling, but it's actually going and doing something for somebody that needs it. Something to ease somebody's suffering, something to assist somebody that has a need. And it is one of the greatest expressions bless you, of God's God's love is his compassion. Uh, Dad, when he was looking over my notes for this, he reminded me that mercy and compassion are interchangeable in the Hebrew and the Greek. So I looked it up. The word mercy and the word compassion are both Latin words. Um... Latin translations of words from Greek and Hebrew uh, that I can't pronounce or even come close to pronouncing. But when I looked up mercy, it gave a Greek word with lots of letters that, that we don't have in English. And it gave a Hebrew word, Chesed uh, or chesed. I don't remember from my Hebrew class in, in college exactly how to pronounce it. But they were the same word for Greek and Hebrew, they were the same word for mercy. they were for compassion so compassion is mercy compassion is empathy and compassion is love but it's not just those three things it's the expression of those three things in a tangible way a way that we can touch or feel compassion requires empathy or the ability to understand what others are feeling or going through even though you might not be experiencing it yourself That's a problem that I have personally with empathy is that I, I don't always understand what other people are feeling. I want to. I want, I want to be empathetic towards others. I want to I wanna understand you know, what they're going through and why they're acting the way they are. But empathy and compassion go hand in hand. We have to be able to understand what others are feeling even though we're not experiencing it ourselves. Godly compassion, in large part, means mercy or forbearance or forgiveness or relief of debt, not being required to pay for what you owe. That's what godly compassion or mercy is. Because we're sinners. We were born with a sinful nature. And if we want to walk in the the light of God's love, it's going to take His compassion to make that possible, that forgiveness that God offers, that mercy that God offers. To be compassionate, we should desire to reduce others' suffering without uh, the possibility or the expectation of some kind of reward. Compassion is only compassion if if it's not a mercenary act. So, some biblical expressions of compassion, um, and there are many, many in the Bible, but some would include Ruth. You know, even though she was widowed and had no obligations to her stepmother, Naomi, and even though, as far as I understand it, she wasn't a Hebrew, and Naomi was, she traveled with with Naomi to Jerusalem, uprooted herself in her house when she could have gotten remarried. And, and you know and got on with her life, she supported her mother, she risked starvation Um, as a poor person. You know, back back then, you know, you had to have have a male figure in your life, or you were considered destitute. If you didn't have a husband or a son to take care of you, you know, it, it was a pretty hard life, because women weren't allowed to have jobs and professions as such, so, you know, Naomi, or Ruth supported Naomi by gleaning the fields with her and helping her. And she had no obligation to do that. That's compassion. She didn't look for a reward for that. And God turned that around and blessed her mightily. Boaz, in the same story, showed compassion for Ruth by having, having his, his workers uh, leave, leave food in the fields for them to find. God blessed him and Ruth together by by bringing them together in in a a union and married and having sons and children and they took care of Naomi. Moses showed compassion for the enslaved Israelites even after he, or up to the point where he lost his kingdom in Egypt, his power and his wealth and his might in Egypt. He was exiled from Egypt and he even showed compassion by taking the risk of returning to Egypt you know, at the risk of his own life and following God to to no real benefit, you know, no tangible benefit of his own. Joseph showed compassion for his father and brothers by forgiving them even though they sold him into slavery and wanted to kill him at, at, at one point, not his father, but his brothers. He showed forgiveness. The widow of Zarephath, uh, nearly at the point of starvation herself, showed compassion for Elijah and gave him the last of her food. She saw his need and desired to alleviate it. That's compassion. Dorcas cared for widows and orphans. Paul raised money for the poor in Jerusalem. Barnabas became known as the son of encouragement. When Jesus was asked about compassion, he explained it like this. In the Good Samaritan, Luke 10:25 through37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, Jesus, by saying, "Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" He said to him, "What is written in the law? What is your reading of it?" So Jesus answered and said, "You shall love the Lord your God or no." So the, the lawyer answered and said, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul." with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And this is where Jesus talks about compassion. Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side of the road. They left him for dead. They had no compassion in their hearts. They didn't want to deal with somebody who was beaten and bloody. But a certain Samaritan... The most hated people um, for for the Jews, They, they didn't trust, they hated the Samaritans for a number of reasons that we don't need to list today. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where that man was, and when he saw him he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. As you continue, continue to study further and further understand compassion, you'll see it more and more around you. And as you do, you can, you can actively begin to practice that compassion yourselves. Not that you don't, I'm just saying. You know, it makes it easier to practice that compassion with yourselves. As with all things, the more you do, the easier it will become and eventually it will become second nature. Like the Samaritan. He may have been hated by the Jewish people. He never even made this a consideration. He just helped the person in need. Those aren't the only expressions of compassion in history, though. You know, the Bible is full of excellent examples. We'll talk about God's show of compassion and Jesus' in a minute. But what about in history? We think about maybe the people on the Underground Railroad helping slaves to escape to the north uh, prior to and during the civil war, putting their lives at risk to help a person find freedom at no benefit to themselves because the slaves didn't have money, these escaping slaves, they couldn't pay them. There was no glory because it was a secret. There was just that giving of themselves to other people. Um, I think of of John Paul II, uh, a pope, and I know we're Protestants and not Catholics, but when he was attempted to be murdered, somebody shot him. And he began to recover. Uh, People were calling for the death of the man who attempted to take the pope's life. And the pope forgave him. Showed compassion on him. During, at the beginning of World War II uh, the entire world or most of the world did not know what Hitler was doing to the Jewish people with the Holocaust. It wasn't really until the end of World War II that America and the Allies found out that there was a systematic execution of six million Jews taking place. But people in Holland and Germany and Poland Especially Poland, because that's where all the execution concentration camps were at, knew what was going on. And one of the great examples <clears throat> in the modern age of compassion is that of the Ten Boom family. Uh, Corey Ten Boom, her sister and her father. If you haven't, um, excuse me, I'm a little messed up. If you haven't heard of Corey Ten Boom or Elizabeth Ten Boom, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, they were watchmakers or clockmakers in Holland. Uh, there was a large family, ten boom family, but um, the grand old man of Harlem uh, uh, in Holland, in the Netherlands, was um, their father, and he was a, he was a watchmaker and a clockmaker. And Corey was trained to be a clockmaker. She and her sister Elizabeth never married. Corey um, ministered to. Mentally handicapped children in in town. They were they were they were Christians. They loved the Lord. And when um, they started, when the Nazis started to round up the Jews in Holland, they began to find ways to protect them. They built a false room in in Corey's bedroom and hid hid the Jewish people. Um, and they they found ways uh, through you know, sometimes miraculous avenues to hide these Jews To, But they were eventually caught and arrested for um, having too many meal tickets because somebody had given them a whole heap of meal tickets to help them provide food for, for the Jewish people um, that were hiding in their house. And they were taken and, and imprisoned. The father died in prison. And then Corey and Elizabeth, the rest of the family was released, but Corey and Elizabeth were taken to a concentration camp. I can't remember if it was, I think it was Burke now, but that's irrelevant. <clears throat> but Corey Ten Boom showed so much compassion that while she was in that prison camp, actively being tortured, while well, her sister was dying because Elizabeth never made it out of the prison camp, they ministered to the people in inside their their dormitories they showed the love of god all through that they brought people to the lord through that compassion and then miraculously on the day she was supposed to be executed she was released through uh through error in paperwork she was released and went on to minister for the rest of her life into her i think 80s it's a beautiful story of compassion She never did any of that for herself. You know, she didn't do it to to get rich or to build crowns for herself in heaven. She did it because she loved others, she felt for others, and she wanted to tangibly find a way to make their suffering less. We all need to hear that. We we let things like race, socioeconomic status, gender identity, religious denominations, past problems that people have overcome or problems that people are dealing with now. Um, and so many other little things stop us from showing compassion to others. Uh, and by turning away from others in need, we stop living the example that Christ set for us. Compassion requires that we walk in love. John, 1 John 4.16 and we have known and believed that the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. If for no other reason to show compassion to others is that we want to abide in God's love. That's reason enough. But compassion also requires forgiveness. Compassion requires forgiveness. If we want or need compassion for our lives, Or mercy from God. We need to forgive. And we need to act compassionately. We can't have anger in our hearts. And I did not type in the reference for this. So I apologize. But it says. And whenever uh, you stand praying. If you have anything against anyone. Forgive them. That your father in heaven. May also forgive your trespasses. God's forgiveness is is his greatest act of compassion for us. Or one of his greatest acts of compassion for us. God showed his compassion uh, historically for the Israelites, his chosen people, all through the Old Testament. He heard their cries and delivered them from bondage. He showed mercy by allowing the Israelites back into his blessings, even though they turned away time and time again. And time and time again, and time and time again. And if they turn to the Lord now, you know, God would (laughs) gladly forgive them and welcome him into his arms. Micah 7, 18 and 19 is a good example of that. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 really sums it up. Through the Lord's mercies, another word for compassions, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We keep screwing up. God keeps showing compassion on us. Praise the Lord. God showed compassion not only for his chosen people, the Hebrews or Israelites or Jews or whatever we want to uh, tag that as, but for the entire world by sending his son Jesus to die for us, to become a blood sacrifice for us. That's the greatest show of compassion in history. The quintessential example of compassion in our Bible is John 3.16. It's the first verse I memorized. I don't even remember memorizing it. I just remember when I was a kid and somebody asked me what John 3.16 was at the Presbyterian Church, Long's Run. I knew it right from my head. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus to us fully understanding the sacrifice that he was going to make for us. And Jesus took on that sacrifice, the pain of death, the ignominy of Roman punishment and execution, which was brutal. And we've all watched the Passion of the Christ, and I'm sure that that's just an underestimation of what really went. he really went through. We knew how Jesus would have to take on, or he knew how Jesus, and Jesus knew also, how they would have to take on all the sins of the world and suffer the death in hell, that's separation from God. And as Jesus was dying, he asked God to forgive them. He knew that Jesus would triumph over sin, but also that men would continue sinning. So he knew that Jesus had to become that sacrifice for us, for our forgiveness. Jesus himself showed compassion many, many times not only by coming to earth to become our sacrifice, but in almost every act during his life. He loves us. He felt for us, had that empathy. He wanted to express that mercy in a tangible way. He effected change by giving his life for us. Matthew nine thirty six. But when he saw the multitudes, Jesus, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Matthew 14:14 14, 14, And when Jesus went out he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Matthew 15:32 Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me 3 days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. So what did he do in that situation? He took a small meal that somebody had brought with him and multiplied it and fed 4,000 people. And that wasn't the only time that he did that. Luke 7, 11 through 15 Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, And many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And we talked about that earlier today, that a widowed person was basically left destitute, because there was really no way for a woman to raise money or to take care of herself. So they just had to rely on the charity of others so she was already a widow and she just lost her son and a large crowd from the city was with her and when the lord saw her he had compassion on her and said to her do not weep and he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still and he said young man i say to you arise and she who was dead sat up and, and he who was dead sat up and began to speak And he presented him to his mother. Okay, so we don't typically go about raising people from the dead, performing miracles, although God can work through us miraculously, obviously. We praise Him for that all the time. But we can look to the Word for ways that we can be more compassionate ourselves. And I have four steps to do that. Number one is we have to get our hearts right. Colossians 3:12 through15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Walking in love is walking in compassion. The fruit of the Spirit is basically another example of this same verse. It's getting your heart right and walking in the way that God wants us to. It's something that I struggle with all the time. Uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. It's, it's easy to read. It's easy to think, well, I can walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and then walk out the door and scream at somebody until you're blue in the face or pass up a dying person on the side of the road or just complain, or just have a bad attitude when somebody says, hey, I need a hand, or does something irritating to you. Or when you have an opportunity to minister to somebody, let's say someone that's had, or that's, that's in prison or in, in rehab, and you say to yourself, that person is just gonna go back to drugs or go back to a life of crime, the moment that they're released, or the moment that something gets tough in their life, the first thing they're going to do is run and get some crack and you know, forget their problems. It's easy not to show compassion, but if we have our hearts right, we can be compassionate. Number two is don't discriminate. Galatians 6.10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Let's do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Not just those who are of the household of faith. 1 John 4:20 If someone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? I know it's hard to walk in love sometimes. It's hard to overlook others flaws, but like I said before, compassion is forgiveness. I've been a dispatcher for 20 years, part-time for less than five of that, full-time for more than 10 of that. And after hearing thousands of calls, Of people tattling on each other, people acting out in hatred, shooting each other, you know, beating each other up, selling drugs. Just acting in all those ways of hatred and and lust and it just it it, it makes you skeptical. It makes you want to. Only be around those good things in life and to ignore those people and let them just, you know, go on to their reward. You know, like Ebenezer Scrooge said, you know, let them die and decrease the surplus population. You get that way after being inundated with it for 20 years. But compassion, the compassion that we're supposed to have as Christians, the compassion that's supposed to be in our hearts, doesn't allow us to discriminate. We should Walk in love, show love to others, and forgive others of those, of those problems that they have, knowing that God loves them, we're supposed to love them too. And knowing that no one is beyond redemption. Number three is care for those in need. James one twenty seven. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And of course, I've left out references for these next two verses, but uh, it's in John, it's verse 17 and 18, I think it's John 3, 17 and 18. But whosoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? We want to walk in the light of the love of God. We shouldn't want anything else for our lives. If we shut ourselves off um, to others, then God can't can't express his love through us. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We don't earn our way into heaven, do we? No. And we don't we don't serve others to earn crowns in heaven or a special place at God's table. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to have compassion and serve others and willfully and happily. And finally, the one that, 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 that I think is the hardest for me, number four, is walk in love. John 13, 34 and 35, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. My parents are the greatest example of this that I know. In our old church um, in Pennsylvania, it seemed like there were levels, uh, like a, like a, almost like a socio-economic status. There were people there that you know, everyone there wanted to hear the Word of God. You know, they loved the pastor. But there was, there was, it seemed like there was an upper crust of people there who thought that they were above other people. And then there were, there were certain people that just needed love. They were maybe slightly misfitting into, into the mold that these, these, you know, elite at the church had. And those were the people that my mom and dad, in their ministry, were drawn towards. The people that, weren't, that didn't get the acceptance from, from, the, you know, from the, the elite at that church. And those people were the servants. They were the people with the pure hearts. They were the people that showed love. They were the people that volunteered, that taught the classes, that came in early and stayed late. They were the people that needed ministered to, that needed to know that they weren't alone in this world, and my mom and dad showed them love. I could name a list of 50 names probably right now. But I always wondered, you know, why? Why were my mom and dad, you know, why? Why didn't? Why didn't that church accept my mom and dad as well as they could have been? You know, why didn't the church see? the compassion that was in their hearts. And I just don't know. But I do know that there are still people up north that were affected by the compassion that they showed. I know that I am every day. I see how much my parents love each other, and I see all the things that they've done for me, and it makes me want to have compassion for other people. It makes me want to do things for them every opportunity I have. And I'm so thankful for that. John 15, 12, and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, my parents worked so hard and fought for those people at that church, those kind of forgotten or overlooked people at that church, that it it in a, in a way, it, it ended their relationship with that church. And they, they, they moved they were they were asked to move on to another ministry and thank God they did because this is this is a good ministry too and and you know they've done a great work for 20 some years here another example would be you know the work that people in this church do for for the people that have suffered from addiction another example would be you know the sacrifices that John made for ten years and that, that Patricia made for so many years at the Christian school for, for a low salary with no benefits and a 30 minute drive every day, every day, every day. To to raise godly, godly people and to affect their lives in a godly way. It's it's beautiful that that the sacrifices that we make. It's it's wonderful to see the love that Sheila and Janine and Stephanie and Jamie Show for their families. Uh, for for knowing how giving that 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 Davis is, I know that I'm saying names and probably shouldn't for for ministry. But you know when 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 Chrislyn dedicated her, what was it, two years or just one year after high school to the ministry that was down in one year after high school to the ministry that was down in New Orleans. I know that that Davis, you know that. And Patricia and the holders donated a lot of a lot of beef and things to that to that ministry and did a lot of things. There's there's so many things that I could mention that will go unmentioned because you know we don't we're not looking for for praise. But compassion is such a vital part of, of our Christianity. When we do these things, the sacrifices we make for others becomes a pleasure to perform. And they open us up for God to move mightily in our lives, and I'm so, so thankful for that. So uh, thank you for for being here today. If you want to, if you're at home and you want to experience God's compassion in your life, all you have to do is pray and ask Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of your life. It's easy. You just say, "Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner." I ask you to please forgive me of those sins, and I thank you for that compassion. Please come into my heart and make me born again, and help me dedicate my life to you and to serving others. Uh, Thank you for being with us today. Have a blessed day.